Voila. <laughs> I like the background there, man. You're blocking it now. It was there good before you uh, uh, sat down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like woods right there. So. I miss the Grove. Miss the Grove. Yeah. Suburbia here. Yeah, well, you know, it's a trade-off. I mean, it's like you don't know where you're headed when you're 22. But, yeah. um, you know, I spent a lot of time single. So I, <laughs> I had a real premeditated plan. It was like go out and have as much fun as possible so that when you're older, you won't be sitting there acting like a jerk-off hitting on like 25-year-old secretaries <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know, I used, when I bartended in college, I would see that all the time. I would see like, you know, these like losers in track suits. Um, <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's just say that. Showing up, this is 80s, by the way. And um, showing up and hitting on girls at the bar at Bennigan's. And I just thought that was so friggin' lame. Oh, so man. I was like, you know, let's, me and my buddy, we had this thing where we were like, you know, the visualization metaphor is jumping up, haloing out of a plane at like 25,000 feet, hurling toward the ground, pulling the ripcord at like, I mean, you couldn't pull it at 25 feet, but pulling it really close. Yeah. And then landing in a beautiful bed, kitted out in Laura Ashley furnishings with your <laughs> your, your your bride-to-be waiting for you, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then you just settle into, like, settled down status. But you never sit there going, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, because you did so much of everything that you're just sick of it. You yeah. know, you want to just be calm. So Absolutely. that's the trade-off. So, I, it's, you know, everything's got its pluses and minuses. I like the... Um, I liked it then, the fun, but shit, I can't do it now. So what else you got? You know? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I, uh, I, um, I definitely don't have that energy anymore. But I am looking forward to, um, you know, when the kids go off to college, we're hitting the road. So, uh, and and that's what we love doing is traveling. So. We're gonna probably <laughs> just live the nomad life until we drop dead. So. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, what are you guys going to get a big sailboat and sail around, or are you going to get an RV and drive no, around? Or no, no, we'll, we we may do the RV thing in North, you know, in in this continent and um, travel a bit. We'll definitely be doing all over Europe and Asia and probably extended periods. The goal is like in Europe and Asia just to you know do Airbnb for two months in a place and go to the next place in two months and go to the next place. We like cruises. So we may do like, you know, maybe one year we do the around the world cruise. They have them now where they stay in each place a few days. So you get to kind of see everything and then you can go back and hit the ones you like later, I guess. That, well, that kind of shit. People would actually live on those cruise ships year round. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm talking about. The, they have I mean, the maybe it costs cruise. like a hundred, hundred grand a year or something. And you can live on like, yeah, you know, year round on cruise ships, if you want. Yeah, that's what we're. That's what I'm talking about. And they have them now where they go and stay for a couple of days in each place. I don't. I don't want the play, the kind where you go and like you're in and out the same day. You know what I mean? You want to be able to see the place you're going to go to. So um, they have that now. It's like I think it's like I think the Royal Caribbean is like 150 grand something like that. So yeah, and, and that you know gives you a taste of every place, and then you can say, okay, I want to go back and stay there for two months. You know. So anyway, who knows? But we're definitely going to travel. What, how, what's your youngest? What grade your youngest in? Eighth. Eighth. So you got four more years. Okay. Four years. 
All years. right. So four more years to hit that unicorn. I'll Sadly, article yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Well, dude, no. When you do the math, I can live cheaper on the road than no, no. I can yeah. here. No, Much I'm cheaper. You know, I, I always I spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and um you know like Thailand, Singapore, places like that. And I mean, obviously Singapore is not cheap, but no, uh, the other ones, man, you, dude, I was living on an Island. Well, everybody probably knows this Island, Kozumui in uh, South China sea or the Gulf of Siam. actually, I think, and um, you know, I was paying, I think I was in a, you know, I was in an air conditioned bungalow. Okay. With bathrooms and stuff, but friends of mine stayed in non AC and in group ones. And it gets down to like, I think I was doing like one four hour massage a day, drinking margaritas every night at happy hour, eating all my food there and, you know, and have my own bungalow with a steady buffet of British Airways flight stewardesses coming through there. I think it was about two grand for the whole month or something like yeah, that. It was I like totally believe ridiculous. it. Yeah. 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 That's a four hour spa session every day. All That's your crazy. food and drink and lodging. But, you know, if you take it cheaper, literally, you can go over to Kofangan, which is where they have all the half moon parties. It's a little more younger scene. Um, you know, lots of lots of crazy day glow neon stuff going on over there under the full moon. <laughs> if you know what I mean? And um, but there, you know, it's like two, three bucks a day. To yeah, live yeah. in like no, a bungalow crazy. with a hammock. And it's, you know, yeah. food's everywhere. You, you can literally do those places. I saw retirees there living for like a hundred and, again, this is 20 years ago, but I'm sure it's not that much more. A hundred and fifty bucks for a month. Food, yeah. lodging, everything. Yeah. Um, you can, the fact that we do stuff like this, we could be sitting everywhere. We don't have to be sitting in like million dollar houses. Point. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. My kids both initially agreed, yeah, let me take a year off school and do it. And then when it came down to it, neither of them wants to leave their friends in school. So, you know, it's like whatever. They wouldn't take it a year. They would have done virtual school. But, you know, it was like – and we were planning it. They changed their minds during the course of COVID. We were planning it, you know, the year after COVID started. And then it was like, okay, well, you can't fucking travel anyway, so – yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, that's that is absolutely the ironclad. This is what we're going to do thing. So uh, yeah. that's the goal. No, um, that's on my agenda too. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Getting into it earlier though, because mine's the scene. Yeah, yeah. Yours yeah. will be gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what you may see here is a cartoon avatar of me and my <laughs> robot voice talking all the time. It's <laughs> good. This that's is good. Joe. I we'll am do the Joe. Here. The Joe I'm AI. The yeah. Joe AI. I'm here. It's really me. I'm honestly. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin and Ether sticking around where they were, you know, 2019, 2019, 2019, you know, up and down, up and down, chop, 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 sideways, sideways, sideways. Not much news there. Yeah, I didn't see much. I mean, I was Fear looking is at, at 20, though. Yeah, I did see. When you pulled that chart up, that was what I was kind of going, oh, wow. I didn't see that before. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a little ugly. But I didn't, you know, I looked, Nikkei futures are off, um, you know, which would be like kind of, but not much, 0.17% right now. I don't know what the, what is going on over in the S&P. Uh, looks like, I'm just getting through these windows real quick. What's the symbol for SPX? 
Uh, yeah. I believe that's the one. I mean, I also got... Yeah, those, those are off like... Uh, NASDAQ's off two points. I mean, 2%. Uh, the other ones are off like S&P 500's below 1%. Yeah, so I mean, look, these are... This is... You, know, you pull up the chart on that, and you look at the chart on these. They just look like orderly selling going from January to now. It's It's no real big dramatic thing. Now, again, I think this is a lot about dollar strength and interest rates attracting capital, but you know, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't look as chaotic to me as I might've expected. Oh yeah. When you look yeah. at like these March, 2020 numbers and you're like, Holy shit. You know, the Dow got down to 9,000, you know, or 9,133. It's at like what, 16 or something right now. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about, Great recession numbers when I think the Dow got down to six. Um, sometimes I confuse it with the Bitcoin crash of Thanksgiving 2018. You know? <laughs> but, you know, it's like there's three and sixes everywhere. I'm like, I had three, six and nines on these these bottoms. But I don't know. I just again, it is what it is. We just got to navigate it. There's plenty of trading opportunities. There's plenty of accumulation opportunities. Um, you know, there's a bunch of new tech coming. It's just keep your head down and keep executing um yeah. sort of my well, right what are we yeah, down off the high do. right now well we our peak was 20.96 percent 18 percent currently and february covid dump was 22 24 percent so it looks like we're trying to bounce from that if you look at the you know if you zoom out and do this monthly yeah i think that look I don't think you're going to have any big, bold moves between now and the elections, U.S. elections, U.S. midterms, um, right. other than, you know, the Fed hike in this month. God, it's September, September 1st. Um, right. But I don't look at that to be, you know, the higher end of the expectation range. I look at it to be kind of a, like everybody's expecting 75 or one and it comes in at 50 bips. Um, just to could you know keep a little juice in the in the flame, so to speak. Um, what is Niblet saying? He said, "What signals would you use to switch away from yield farming toward token price growth investing?" Ooh. Well, I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't try to bet on if we've hit the bottom or not, but you know, the everything that that the the folks in the new are talking about is a bottom in October. Um, you know, I, I, we still have people saying 13,000 for Bitcoin. And I think that's going to be the leading indicator for anything else. You're yield farming. That said, you know, you also have to kind of think, okay, exponentially, if I'm compounding tokens and we come out of this and you're willing to hold for a year or two, depending on what you're investing in, it may, may be something you don't worry about. You just keep stacking them. So, well, you know, I, I don't the, know. Yeah, I remember the guys that, well, first, Nibbles, my, my premise is that I've done it only once or twice when I was just messing around experimenting to see if I could pick like the highest yield sort of junk pools on QuickSwap and holding them there for an afternoon and then selling. And I did that like five or six times and, you know, it was up, but, you know, I didn't hold those tokens. So to me, right. there's two things to think of. One, I don't like buy tokens because I see a yield opportunity in a farm, I buy tokens because of whatever 
analysis I can do on them in this, you know, limited to what we have. And then I decide whether to hold them, spot in the wallet or single stake them or liquidity pool them at that point. So to me, it's there's never really a decision of pulling out of yield farming and going to a particular um, uh, token. I can't remember the exact question. Uh, the, like a growth price. Growth What's the signal that gets of, you out? Yeah. I sort or of get expect, you in. Yeah. I sort of expect the one that I'm investing in to go up already. So I'm not switching back and forth unless it's something like, you know, we talk about yield farming. Are you with a stable paired or are you paired with, with ETH or are you paired with something else or BTC or something else completely? And that has different with impermanent loss that has different considerations, but you know, no matter what I would decide to do at that point, I always do that, you know, 25% rule and whatever move I, you know, I say, okay, I've got, you know, let's just do round numbers. Say you got, you know, 10 grand to invest and you want to, you believe in ETH, you know, I come in with the first tranche at 25% and wait a little while. And if it starts tracking up, I usually don't come in again. Um, like, a, look at the Luna stuff right now. I look every day. I look, it's up 70%, 60%, but I'm not buying anymore. Right. Because I think their ability to execute on this is about one in a hundred, <laughs> but I think it's going to take about 60 days for everybody to figure that out. Yeah. So there's some enthusiasts. So I ride it. It's a junk token to me. It's not, I mean, maybe it's a lottery ticket token, but it's not one that I would pick to invest in at this point. Right. Right. But if I'm looking at say a phantom, a Matic, um, Polkadot, Chainlink, Avalanche, you know, stuff like that quality, um, you know, near, just go down the list. Then um, Anchor, another one I kind of like is Acropolis, or if I'm looking to go back and define or any of those types, I'm always going to do that 25% rule. Right. So no, it makes you know, sense. You don't, there's no like abrupt on off switch. It's always going to be a transition going in. For that me. makes sense. Yeah, I like so, that. I don't know. What do you do, Brad? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I am by high sell Yeah, that's my strategy. Um, no, look, I'm currently heavy on um, stables. Went to the sideline yeah. a while back. Um, I am staking a few things. I'm still fucking around with Canto and having a blast over there. Yeah, you know, that's great. 80, that's smart. 80, Eighty-five million TVL, but I kind of treat that as like this is kind of a game. And if I, I and I think the bones are good and. I think this is a thing that, you know, if I stack up enough of the native token and three years from now, that's a, a leading chain, then I'm a happy camper. Um, in terms of other thing, I still have staking for Phantom. I have Ethereum staking. Um, you know, I, I dumped out some, but for the most part, I just feel like these things have, uh, have legs. And so if I'm earning more of it and I get through this bottom cycle, and watch it rise back up, I'm good. And then maybe I double down and buy more. So um, I'm not doing a lot of paired yield farming or anything like that right now. Um, and that's just because I don't want to get, I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get caught. So I'm only stuck in, I'm in one of those and it's the spirit one. Um, but only because I remembered when, because the price is so low, number one, but I remember all the guys in Doki Doki that really cleaned up. Yeah. I mean, you know the one I'm thinking of in particular. Her name begins yep. with Doki something. And yeah. um, he just stuck it in the yield farming when it opened up at, I don't know, like 700 and then went down to like 10 cents or something, you know, because of the way the, it wasn't because of the tank, it was because of the way the launch was done. 
right. was calculated to do that. And then he jumped in then and yield farmed and just held it for like a year. And, and I'm telling you, that turned into some serious friggin' money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. tens of millions. So to me, I'm like, something like that makes sense. Just put it in and forget about it. But, you know, it has to be like you said, Brad, these like new kind of virgin tokens that you're right. just parking and forgetting and hoping they execute. Yeah. And that's it. And then forgetting about it. We can't be like where, you know, you're not going to trade those. It's, it's just not worth the time and effort. And you're not going to chase yield these days, yield farms, and go buy tokens to do it. Because any tokens, well, we all know that there's a pretty decent quality filter there as you go down the list. But I think anything you see out there is you want to find the ones like Brad found, like Kanta, where they're not leading with token. They're leading with product. I will tell you this. Um, I just interviewed the Spirit Swap guys uh, mm -hmm. about their version two, and I didn't under <clears throat> I did not understand completely <clears throat> the whole flywheel of their version two system. Um, and they have mm -hmm. they have built a system that provides incentives for protocols to bribe, for uh, the bribed to uh, stake sp in spirit spirit. Um, and the feed through their entire system it is really powerful. Like the kind of thing that you may just want to put a little piece in over there, play, take some bribes, earn some more tokens. If you think that I, I personally have a shit ton of respect for those guys, like just, oh, yeah. just a brilliant crew, brilliant group. Um, I've met with them four times now and you know, everything I see about what they're trying to do, I, I like and what they're building and how they're building on it. They're moving to full decentralization. They're, you know, just doing all the right things. And they're enthusiastic about continuing to really build hard, hard on, on, on their platform. They're going to start doing some cross chain stuff there. Yeah. So I'm actually been thinking a lot since I interviewed them the other day about just hopping in there getting used and playing with this i've never done the bribe stuff i've never played with the curve or or any of that um and so i thought this is a good place to play i i trust the team i trust the product i think it's strong and um and you know it's an opportunity to play with it so i may treat that like a canto where i love the product i think it has like this kind of earning capability that the longer term play for this is bigger and um you know stack up some tokens, lock them up for a year in their system and earn extra money on the, on the bribes and the earnings and just keep feeding it and see what happens. So, yeah, no, look, this is, um, look, we've talked about this before with phantom and I think that there's the opportunity for a Dex, uh, a lending platform as well. Dex combo to, uh, have phantom as the home base. And then yep. go cross-chain across all the other chains just because the transaction fees are so low yeah. um, and it's so fast. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, that's what I like about Spirit Swap is, yep. and, and, and you know, there's Spooky Swap is there. Spooky Swap, I think, has 16% of the TVL on Phantom or somewhere around there. Spirit's less, but Spirit's more innovative. And Spirit's got a better brand and a better look and feel for my taste. Um, yeah, their new version... Like, their new interface is yeah. really sweet and it's really fast. Really fast. It is fast. cool. Yeah, and so for a penny, really nice. I mean, I was trading in and out of that at 37 cents. I think I got up to or something. You know, you throw some money in. I, I'm not single staking for the year like you're talking about. 
because I, there were higher yields in the yield farms. And, and I just don't really care about impermanent loss when one is a penny and the other is 30 cents. Yeah, you know, yeah. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I pair with Phantom. So yeah. um, I always think that has a very big potential future uh, across all the platforms being, you know, because we look at things like I think Kava's doing really well over on, um, on Adam. You know, Sift Chain is a number two one over there, and it's also a chain. You know, they're trying to do the same thing. Define is trying to do the same thing, I think, with Router. Um, everybody, that's kind of the holy grail. And yeah. I think Spirit Swap has just a good shot at it as any of these other ones to do it. And in I, a definitely way. Would, I, I definitely think they have a lot of potential if they'll start doing some cross-chain stuff as well. Yeah. So. We'll see what yeah, happens. That's the now. main thing. That's the big I, thing to me is whoever does that first from Phantom is going to gather a lot of market share fast. Yeah. I, I've had some conversations with um, them and some others in the Phantom space, and um, they they really want to see um, a different approach from the foundation in terms of biz dev and, and marketing um, because they know they have the tech, right? They know they have superior that the chain itself is is amazing it's fast it's inexpensive um it's got great tech underlying it um so i think their frustration is really in um how aggressively the chain is out there building and making deals and and growing so anyway we'll yeah see what I, I think that's look i mean we talk about it a lot you know other groups like avalanche get a lot of the get all the press um Arbitrum, uh, Polygon, of course, but Polygon deserves it. Um, right. But, but Phantom is, I mean, Phantom to me is like, after Ethereum, I mean, I'm not going to put Binance Smart Chain in there, but after Ethereum, you know, Phantom to me is the best player after, out there after that for, uh, yeah. you know, with the most potential because yeah. the bones are good. The foundation is awesome. And they have the ability to really execute on these models in ways that aren't cost prohibitive um yep. the trades etc the uh, lending etc so to me i really like that but i could see you know there needs to be some bigger deals here i mean polygon's going out and just slaying it <clears throat> knocking down acquisitions i don't see that kind of a um approach there a systemized ge style m a source target source target close integrate yeah need that and then deals to just get people onto the chain. Like, yeah. you know, don't hesitate. Keep the rewards going. Um, you know, at the same time the market was crashing, they killed their their rewards for all the existing people that were on the chain. And it was like, well, that's what's that doing for you, right? You're going to yeah. cut off the flow of revenue. So anyway. Um, but they do need a, to do that. Who's, who's, who do we know over there? We know the marketing guys. That's yeah, right. yeah, Simone. Yeah. Um, so we should talk to them about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The Verge did another piece on Justin's son. And He's still around? Yeah. So this, I, these links will definitely be uh, in the show notes because this is a piece you got to read about what he has done and what he does um, to, number one, skip around the world, uh, avoiding uh, the regulators who all are hot on his heels. But this was interviews with, uh, I think it was 15 current and former employees, as well as previous interviews the reporter had done with 18 people that had worked for him or knew him. Um, and to start off with, um, from the very beginning, they have had a team, 
in Beijing who they call the market making team. And the accusations in this article are that they are nothing more than a pump and dump team who have aligned themselves up with whales and they are constantly working to pump Tron's price. Every time there's an announcement coming for Tron, they do a pump scheme and inflate the price uh, to make everybody feel in the community like, uh, oh, the big announcement came and everyone loves Tron, right? Um, he bought Polynex from Circle, oh, right. right? And um, was using that as well for, for those schemes. But he also, there was a history of users on that exchange who had sent Bitcoin or other currencies by mistake to Tether wallets uh, on the exchange. So he had a group of the developers go in and which belongs to all of this money belongs to the people who are users on the exchange, right? It was their money. Yeah. They just lost it because they couldn't get it back. Went in and, and pulled out all of that dust, all of those dust tokens and pocketed in his own wallet, $10 million worth of other of the customer's revenue that was in the dust in the attached to the, the tether wallet in some way. So, and then the rest of the article is about him trying to set up bank accounts all over the world um, that they intimate that um, he bought himself a Malta citizenship and that's his last resort for going there. His parents are there. Um, he evidently, uh, made nice somehow with the Chinese government and has mm -hmm. gotten back in good graces there in some way. Um, and he has had employees do things like sending Google find five phones to um, top level people in the Chinese government as gifts and other nefarious things to uh, make it so that he doesn't immediately get arrested in uh, um, China so uh, is his they, phone number in there on speed dial one? Uh, yeah, probably. They <laughs> when they bought BitTorrent, he went in and bought that for 140 million. I remember that, yeah. And he then shipped all of the executives to China for a meeting and then went in and told them that <laughs> fired? Well, that they were gonna be no, they didn't fire him. But they were going to be his generals, and he was Mao. Uh, oh my Mao. god! And some guy it's in the, the meeting said, and, "Yeah." And some guy in the meeting stepped up and said, "But didn't all of Mao's generals get killed?" <laughs> he said, "Yes, yes, they did." Uh, and you then, a great success. Yeah. Then he hired a guy from the SEC, an enforcement guy from the SEC, hired him away from the SEC, and. Uh, you know, told him he was going to get to do revamp all their compliance and get them in, you know, good shape, blah, blah, blah. And then after the guy signed the contract, he basically told him to fucking lie, write opinions saying he was, you know, he's an he was an attorney, the guy, write opinions and do all of this nefarious shit. And so the guy walked like a month later, like was like, you know, fuck you, I'm out of here. And so he'd given up his career at the SEC to work for this guy. <laughs> Anyway, it's a it's a really good piece. I highly recommend everybody read it. But this guy's such a sleazebag. I mean, he. I thought it was just... interesting when you had that one page up. I I forgot about how he and CZ are or were close. So close. yeah, right. So and this kind of bothers me because evidently CZ 
b- before they knew each other before the Tron ICO. And CZ had some inside information that China was about to ban ICOs. So he changed the date of the ICO to the day before they were going to ban it. And because mm. CZ gave him a heads up. And then CZ has since said, we're not friends. We're just done business together. But they say in this article that he and CZ actually spent like a vacation together. Oh. So um, I don't know the whole story. It seems strange to me that, you know, with the way CZ runs his business that, you know, he yeah. Justin would be pals, but, you know, well, I guess you never know. My read is that, look, five, six years ago, Tron's getting ready to do the ICO. Hell yeah, the pals, because you're going to want to make money off the token on Binance. Exactly, exactly. But now, you know, Sun's only worth what four or five billion, and CZ's worth what, like a hundred? Oh yeah. I think CZ's kind of moved on from. Yeah, Justin probably Tron. so. Probably yeah. so. Probably what so. Is, the other thing is he has at least four or five uh, passports and citizenships in multiple countries now. He's uh, Guinea. Malta, uh, whatever that uh, South American country was. I mean, he's, you know. Which one? Uh, Uruguay? Remember the one he got the, he became the ambassador to the World Trade Organization. Oh, Chile, country. maybe, right? Chile? No, no, no. Bolivia. No. Bolivia. No, hold on. Let me find it. Oh, I'll find it. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't hear Nevis in there. Granada. Grenada. 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 He's their ambassador to the World Trade Trade Organization. Yeah, um, that's a, and he nice told all his employees to call him His Excellency. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's like PhDs. I mean, somebody was saying something to me about that. I go, I have never called a PhD doctor in my life. Yeah, I don't even call oh, doctors doctors. Oh, I did in college when they wanted you to call him. Oh doctor, yeah, professor. Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh yes, doctor. Um, so and so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you're gunning for for participation points. Exactly. Yeah. Brown nose. Yeah. Um, B&B chain launched uh, liquid staking. So uh, people can now don't have to be a full validator to do the staking and earn B&B chain, um, B&B tokens. Um, and evidently um, they're, they're launching other products around it. Um, but I haven't, I haven't dove Ooh. deep enough into that to know. Um, crypto.com. Speaking of CZ real real quick, I saw something yesterday. I think you probably know more about this than I do that supposedly he's gotten approval now to operate and locate Binance in Kazakhstan. Have you heard about that? I saw Kazakhstan licensing. Yeah, they got a license. I don't know. I don't know if it means they can operate the whole thing there, but they do have a license to operate there. I saw that. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Sorry to cut in. Yeah. Uh, Crypto.com accidentally transferred $10.5 million to an Australian woman and didn't notice it for seven months. And then she bought a piece of property with the money and, of course, didn't have enough sense to take the $10 million and get the fuck out of the country yeah. and go to Malta. <laughs> or at least put it in some high-yield bearing fund on the uh- – <laughs> In crypto and turn it into a hundred million. Yeah, stake that shit and then yeah. give them back their ten million, right? Like you know, seven months you could earn a couple of million at least. But, we could stake um, it in crypto. What's the crypto? Crypto. Yes, we stake it back on crypto.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, I noticed that, but I've kept it safe for you. you know, yeah. Here, what set is that? Your mean? husband's set up your husband's account. Exactly. And what about a finder's fee for me returning it? Of course. Um, 
crypto.com is suing the shit out of her froze her bank account, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, this new chain, Psy, uh, I guess is how you pronounce it, uh, raised $5 million led by Multicoin, but the um, it's a layer one blockchain and they call it optimized for DeFi. And this is actually, there's some similarities here uh, to what Canto is trying to do in terms of building in um, an order matching engine into the layer one. So they have made it so that it's um, they claim the fastest blockchain available, um, and that the DeFi components are built into the to the to the core of the engine. But it, they're utilizing an order book model on it. Um, so I found this really interesting. There are twenty DApps currently being built uh, onto the ecosystem. I, I don't know a ton more into that ex about oh, it except that. Scroll back up for a second. I saw something about like, yeah, right there. What is that? Most of the barrels are exchange up for app specific chains. Okay, that's, I was just trying to see what they're saying about DYD. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fastest finality, 600 milliseconds. Um, so they're saying that you can have a normal kind of order book model, right? Because it's so fast, um, you can try it. But of course, you then have to have, you know, the level of trading happening to make it yeah. worth it. But but um, interesting, and I definitely want to. I definitely want to take a look at it um, well, and see what else. What else is going on over there? Well, yeah, that's another one like Canto, where you know you come in. I mean, this is backed by everybody. Probably the easy tokens are you know the cheap cheap stuff's already gone. Yeah, but there's still going to be some there. Um, and you know these guys, they have to have liquidity events. They the VCs have to have the token price go up. Yeah. So this is kind of interesting, but I don't get why, like you said, I mean, I guess, you know, it's kind of like when I think of Phantom and I think of it like, you know, my, the spirit swap thing about how it could be the hub for DeFi because it's so fast and cheap. Now someone's really designing a layer one, just optimized just for that. Yeah. Um, look, look at these investors. Yeah. Sam, Ka I, Sam Kazmian from Frax. Yeah. Gabby Dizone from Yield Guild. Uh, Delphi Digital's in, Coinbase Ventures is in. Oh, uh, Xerox Maki, former uh, sushi, sushi head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is really interesting. I mean, that, yeah, that's some pretty significant. Yeah, definitely stay on top of. What's interesting is the size of the raise. That's such a small raise for a layer one chain. Um, I know, and with all those people, Coinbase Ventures, Casimir, yeah. and everybody else. I mean, what are they what all they doing? Each take Fifty grand. Bucks? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's strange. I, I I do find the size of the race. Maybe everybody's just kind of hedging their bets and saying, "Fuck it, we'll get the pump on the launch," and and then if it but goes cool, if it doesn't, it's interesting. I mean, I just didn't think that they went down that small on these deals. No. Evidently, they do. So, but yeah, you get a lot more distribution than later. Okay, so Coinbase Ventures in there. So you see what you know? Uh, these guys are. Was it SEI? They're like, you know, they're going to build their thing. And then Coinbase Ventures is like, well, let's just stay around here and see what these guys are doing. Exactly. Just in case exactly. we want to pull it in or we yeah. want to, you know, innovate some shit that we learn, think about because of what we see there. You yep. know, there's, there's lots of stuff. But that's cool. What, is this the same one? What yeah, is this? This, is their, this is their website, Dece Decentralized mm -hmm. NASDAQ, 18,000 orders per second. The other thing I read out of that article is, is that it looks like they may be positioning as this a TradFi connection play yeah. uh, to give TradFi DeFi capabilities. But, um, you know, so maybe there'll be a whole compliance game there or something. I don't know. General yeah, purpose. I always, 
Well, you know, because you see, who's our buddy, um, our friend? What's the name of the company that Bob Guzman's at now? Um, Can't remember the name. Uh, he was the BlackRock guy. Yeah. Who we, I te- teed you up with a couple of times. on. Yep. Um, and yep. he's at a new one that's kind of doing institutional facing. Oh, shit. I'm on LinkedIn right here. Yeah, look at this. The infrastructure. Unlike every other layer one, order matching is built into sidechain, making the infrastructure scalable to the billions of users on traditional financial rails. So maybe they're going to make a play for tokenized. They're going to make a play for TradFi. And it makes sense that Coinbase would be in there, obviously, for that, right? Because if they can build out a platform that can be utilized, you know, replace NASDAQ, replace whom, whatever because it's it's built in at the core level and it's that fast that may that may be the whole play here front running proof it's interesting oh the other thing i think was that it, it uses assembly uh to build i think was what i saw let me see the docs anyway so that's interesting i'll read some more on it update you later uh this is a cool tool i'll put a link to it um but this tool uh called goku stats uh tracks all uh dev activity on uh the major chains so um you can kind of see um you know the number of projects underneath them and those ecosystems and their dev activity the number of repos the weekly commits if they're increasing in activity or decreasing in activity etc so and it's not just chains gitcoin grants is in here uh but you can see who's building the most, who's most active, you know, who's cranking out new code, who's who's developing on there, mostly on these chains. So I thought this was really interesting. That is cool. Um, and you know, so if you're looking at a potential chain, you know, a blockchain that you think you might want to, you know, invest in, then this this can give you some indication on whether or not it's active. Uh, people are actively building on it. So. Um. Oh, Joe, you posted this. So you want to talk about this one? Top coins in 2017 bubble versus today? Yeah, I just thought it was funny because... um, Oops, hold on. Well, that's an unfortunate... You guys got me? Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's like if I switch the window on the phone to look at a LinkedIn notice, it, it stops the stream. But you can hear me now, right? Yep, yep. Okay, so my thoughts here were just, it was kind of interesting to look at what was there at the peak. So this would, I guess, be December 17. And then where are the ones that survived where they are? And then yeah. what's there now? Or what was January of this year? Not, not right now. Um, and so, you know, look at all, I didn't realize Bitcoin Cash was at number four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was huge. Remember that? Oh, my God. That whole thing was so insane, man. Well, because they were scamming. Listen, everybody, they, they timed it so that when the bull run was, was you know, when it was hot and heavy for bull run and everybody, all the newbies were coming in, they positioned themselves as Bitcoin. So they fooled a ton of people into buying Bitcoin cash, thinking they were buying Bitcoin. And so that's why they had the market cap they had, because there was nothing else of value there. Now... You know, and like I'm looking at number six back then, XEM. I don't even remember that one. Oh, yeah. But- Nem, they just um, last year, remember, they tried to save themselves because they were running out of money and they launched another token trying to be in DeFi. Yeah, no, totally. 
Mm. Totally. Yeah. But look they're, at all those names up there. Out. Yeah. And so look, Cardano. I mean, we see they're just kind of hanging on. I mean, they're number five still. So I guess, well, that was January. But, you know, I think it's lower now. But I think they're all, they're like in the tens. But, you know, Ripple. And there's, Let's you know, look. Tara from earlier this year. Hmm? I'm going to look. So BTC ETH. Oh, wait. This doesn't have, uh, this doesn't have, where is it? Market this cap. This doesn't, doesn't have stables in it. Look at that. Shiba Inu. Inu yeah. Dogecoin. Avalanche. Yeah. It's crazy. But so all of those on the left, I mean, look, Tron, Stellar, Iota, or Myota. I remember I was in that. Dash. Oh, yeah. Internet of Things. Yeah. Oh, Dash. Yeah. Masternodes. Remember, yeah. And then they got in trouble for something in one of those raises or something. And then they had to. And then they started fading. EOS, we talk about, you know, Draper's one. Monero, you know, is still around. But, you know, that's another, like, pure algorithm, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, I think Sean well, would say that, right? Yeah, you know, look, like a, I mean, here, here's the bottom line. Everything that's moved up is DeFi-based. Everything that moved down isn't. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, everything that climbed up in this world is uh is is oriented to to uniswap right it's all, None, it's all layer ones or it's cross-chain stuff or it's DeFi protocols and a couple of meme coins yeah but a couple yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but look oh. at all those layer ones that aren't there or weren't yeah. there you know? yeah it's amazing so Absolutely i just amazing. think it's so my point here everyone is that you know we rag on cardano and you know all tron and those all the time but you know five years later you know, like I'm, what I'm getting at is if they go down like the, the, the Terra Luna example, if it goes down to like, you know, five zeros and a one um, point five zeros and a one or something like that, you know, odds are it's still going to be around in three or four years. So, you know, look, the, I dumped tons of Cardano and Stellar and Tron at rock bottom prices and never expected it to come back. Right. And, you know, we know Cardano got to what, two bucks. And, yeah, um, you know, I think Stellar was at a dollar. You know, they all cranked. And I mean, I was dumping that shit in like less than 20 cents a piece kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I kicked myself for that one. But, you know, this is why, well, you want to kind of pick up some of these dogs now in the hope that, you know, they'll hang around. So what I would do is look at that list of those top 100s and just look at the ones that are performing the worst right now, you know, right. sorted on coin market cap. And then, you know, look for some potential juicy targets for some long term holding. Makes sense. I like it. You know, but look, right like now, it. the stuff that I like that isn't, I mean, I guess it's still up. You know, look, one inch I was looking at, that's like 67 cents. Um, right. You know, uni I like, sushi I like for those types of things. You know, um, TVL to price ratio type stuff. Polka dot we like. I mean, I like just about on the right side of the board. I mean, I don't, not even counting the top three because we all know we like those. But, you know, going down that list, you know, dot, Maybe Avalanche, Polygon, Uni. I don't like Algorand like Brad does. Chainlink. I like the Neo. tech. I don't like the project. Yeah, yeah. But those are the ones that I like on that top 20 side um, that I look um, at being long-term plays. I would um, go Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, yeah. uh, BNB, no Solana, no Cardano, nope. no Ripple. Nope. Obviously, nope. Terra Luna, no. Polkadot yes. has potential. I don't know enough. Avalanche, yes. Uh, Dogecoin, sadly, um, no, I, I think it's going to be around. 
Uh, I think it's going to be around. Shiba Inu, that'll die off, I think. Polygon, definitely. Uh, Crypto.com, you know, they got the marketing muscle um, and they have surpassed Phantom on the chains. So you got to give them some credit. WBTC. But they're just, there's so many other choices other than them, I guess, is my thing, you know, so. WBTC is very dangerous, Um, you know, centralized. You buy your WBTC and anything happens to that company that controls it, you're fucked. So why would you buy that versus just buying BTC? So you can use it on DeFi. Right, but you're going to, but yeah, you said that the thing was don't uh, hold it. Um, well, the problem, yeah, because the problem dependency. with it is, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's used a shit ton, obviously, if it's, and I think it may even be higher. Yeah, now, no, because I've used it a lot. That's why I was curious why you felt Yeah, that. but but yeah. there's there's like one point of failure. Um, regulators or technical problems, mm-hmm. you could end up not getting anything for your BTC, WBTC. Uniswap, definitely. Algorand, great tech, but horribly run. Uh, Litecoin, you know, they keep hanging around and hammering and they have a dedicated community. They have no functionality different than Bitcoin, except it's faster. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't put any effort in it. Chainlink, definitely, but we need replace. We need more. We need like 10 more strong Oracle providers. I think I've got one. I've got an interview with a new one that's launching, um, next week. What's it called? I will tell you one second. Let me find it. Because yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, I will tell you right now the name if I can find this. Uh, because that's good. That's a good place to. Supra. Supra. Supra Oracles. I'm, Supra. I'm interviewing the CEO. Supra. S U P R A. As in Toyota Supra. Celica Supra. Yep. Oracles, super oracles. Uh, I'm interviewing the founder, Joshua Todkin, CEO. They have a different model. They have more decentralization. They make a lot of good claims and we'll see. Um, we're going to, we're going to get into it and see what they're offering. Well, you know, look, if you're going to get to where, you know, this, wherever it ends up a decentralization way, if it's, you know, to the device, to, you know, I don't know, massively distributed, how, wherever way that goes, you need Oracle redundancy out there. And people yeah. that can provide Oracle data faster than the others. The competition is yep. all in the time of the data. Yep. So we need that robustness there in order to get the in- institutional uptake that we, um, you know, want if we want exit liquidity uh, right. from the banks. Because right. they are going to have to be probably looking at five different sources of pricing data. Yeah, to be you know, because they're if they're running with any kind of endowment or pension money at all, they're going to have to be doing that. So I think this is a really good. I didn't even think of this. This is a great point, Brad. But this is a real good segment or vertical for us to horizontal for us to take a look at. Absolutely, totally agree. Speaking of Dogecoin, so last week there was a lot of hullabaloo about Doge Chain, and it has no official it has no official link to the Dogecoin Foundation, but it is a it is actually a side chain for Doge. Like they built a, a layer two or a side chain to Doge. Now the guy Edgy from DeFi Edge did a piece on it, um, talked about you know how it could make it interesting, et cetera, et cetera. But he said to stay away from it. And his reasons for it is number one, the community isn't supporting it. Number two, uh, 
Dogecoin co-founder rejected an offer to promote it. That's to me, I'm glad they rejected it. I mean, um, and number three, the developer's wallet for Dogechain has been caught dumping tokens. That to me is kind of the big red flag, right? The rest of the shit is, you know, a little sketchy, but here's the interesting thing though. Like if you can, if you can take a coin that is loved by retail investors, right? And you can start building DeFi functionality around it, whether or not it's supported by the chain or the foundation, whether or not it's, it's, you know, sanctioned and part of the whole community, there is a strong chance of, you know, building a really strong model. And so I don't know, I, I, I would keep an eye on it. I mean, here's, here's the chart. DC is the token. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's up 108 as of 737 this morning, it's up 118% over seven days. Right. It's off a little bit so, in the last 24 hours. But you know what's interesting to me, real quick, is that the trading volume is higher than the market cap. So that's trading interesting. volume is 21 million and a half, and market cap is around 14 million. Wow. Um, but to your point, Brad, look, we talk about this with Doge and Shiba a bit, is that the size of the communities they have. Right. You know, if you got a community unified around a brand or a concept, you just got to bolt on the tech basically at that point yeah. that makes them want to do something. Everybody else is building the awesome tech and then trying to bring in a community. I mean, to me, it's like if you could unleash something like Canto within a community like this with, oh, I mean, yeah. that would be friggin' cool. Well, and I think this is a really smart play. I mean, I don't yeah. know the capabilities yet of, of, of the chain and what it's possible to do. Um, but they're certainly going along with the whole Dogecoin branding um, you know, I, I, I gotta say it could become very attractive to people to be able to run DeFi applications on top of Doge and you have this mass group of people that love the product. So already and are holding Doge anyway, it's interesting. Maybe that's good for poly Doge. Yeah. I mean, if we can get Brad and his, uh, his white boy rapper thing on the hood of the Lambo with the two Asian girls. I mean, that kind of thing on the DC chain sounds about perfect. Yeah, definitely. It's not very interesting. <laughs> no, not. Well, I only uh, have seven and a half billion of them, so. There you go. Anyway, they very interesting. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep an eye on this. You know, this is another one of those. You, like, yeah, yeah, you put 500 bucks in, you see what the fuck happens, right? And take your profit. I don't know, man. I mean, I agree. It's a play. Um, yeah. But I just hate those meme coins, dude. Um, you posted this up. Yeah. Wife of arrested tornado gash dev is forbidden to speak with him. I think we talked about it briefly yesterday, but that's uh, yeah. fucking beautiful. I, I, you know, we talked about, well, you talked a lot about tornado cash, and, and I don't know, maybe it's that they're afraid he's going to communicate a seed phrase to her or something like that, or, you know, move money or something. I mean, it just seems kind of peculiar. To be able to block well, it also and, seems peculiar for 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 the Dutch authorities to be doing that. That's not a country that I, you know, I see as um, restrictive like that. They seem to be fairly enlightened when it comes to the justice system. Well, I guess. Let's see, August twelfth. So he's been he's been there for eighteen, nineteen days. And not able to talk to his wife. 
Well, they might have them on some sealed charges that we don't know about. Like there might be more with the North Koreans than we see. Um, well, there and- there was an allegation that he worked for a company that what's Russia's um, FSB. Yeah, that he worked for a company that was a contractor to FSB. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are intimating that there may be some other. That's problematic. Shit then. there. Yeah. Well, look, but, you know, the thing but it had nothing European to do with tornado cash, and it was mm-hmm. previous. It oh. had nothing to do with tornado cash, and he doesn't work for them now. I don't think. I think it was just that he had at one point worked for a company. Mm. So, well, you know, a lot of those European countries, you know, have these detention policies where. I think like the UK, even you can hold someone for 72 hours before you even have to report it. Yeah. So, you know, basically you're getting talked to, I guess is the way to put it, or getting the shit well, kicked out of you. I mean, but, but here's the whole thing. Like, okay, are you going to arrest the patchy uh, web develop- web server developers because criminal activity happens on that web server software? I agree you with know? all your arguments. I, I just yeah. got to be more to this. Than we see that's being held out um, because it just makes no sense to me why you would, you know, what do you, there's something they're trying to get out of this guy (laughs) or they're learning about or something and they're keeping away from her. Maybe she's part of the network. I don't know, but it just seems pretty, there's a lot more there than I think we know in this tornado cash story. And yeah, maybe so. And I feel sorry for the developers, like you said, but I also don't know this developer. Right. Of course. So, you know, but I thought it was something interesting. And you know this topic better than I. So I thought I'd throw it up. But yeah, it's interesting. All right, let's wrap it up, Joe. Didn't I'm I have done. one more in there somewhere? Yeah. Uh, we saving that one. Save it for tomorrow. Yeah, cool. Unless you really want to get it out. We'll, what was it? You had a CDBC something. Oh, yeah. No, let's that was I was going to. Yeah, I talked oh. about that in the preamble. What? Uh, a, re- a survey of uh, a, a venture capital firm did a survey of startup uh, crypto startups uh, founder compensation. Uh, early stage companies, 100, 175,000 annually, 130 to 160,000 representing the top of the bell curve. Later stage, 175 to 225,000 non-token equity, 80% owned by founders in early stages, diluted 20 to 50% in later rounds. Non-founder executive compensation, 120 to 160,000. Later stage companies, 225,000. Non-token equity, 1% to 4%. Early stage, 1% to 2%. Latter stage, token equity, 0.5% to 1%. Hey, send me that link, please. I will. No problem, sir. I think No, that's good for my financial modeling stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I'm kind of getting to where I people want to get paid more. You know, yes. It's, it's like we used to have this bar where I used to live at Palm Bay Yacht Club. And there was this, well, there was an old tennis pro and there was an old bartender. They were from like the heyday years and, you know, the Miami Vice days and all that. Yeah. And they were like 70, but they just charged like drinks were $2 and tennis pro sessions were like $30. And I always kind of teased them. I said, dude, you're stuck in 1970s pricing, but, you know, we'll take it. So I'm trying to be, you know, with me, I always push hard on what I charge because I don't want to fall into that same trap. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Totally. Where, get it. you know, 20 grand a month sounds about right to me for a CEO of a startup, but it seems like it might be more or it might be less. So Susie said, Elon will get bored of Doge soon. Then it will yeah. die. I, I, I actually disagree. Um, and the reason I disagree is because Doge was pumping along and, 
and pumping and dumping long before Elon came along and adopted it. So I actually, I actually think, and here's the thing, once people get engaged in the Doge community, they actually love kind of the fun, lighthearted nature of that community. And so even though Elon may give up on it, I, I don't think Doge is going to die anytime soon. But that's just my opinion. But it's been around for, uh, when did Doge start? I wonder. I remember it being a lot of buzz on it in 1817, not 1870, but 2018, 2017 time period. Um, because everybody was joking that it was created as the joke coin. Right. And, and so everybody was talking about it in the press. Um, but I don't know when it was. It's been around since at least 2014. Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been around for a long time and has experienced uh, ups and downs along the way. So. Do we know how many people are holding it? Like how no. many wallets are holding? Mm. I'm just curious a... about rough participants. In there, or do we have anything about community size? Is there no. another metric we look at? I'm sure there is, but I don't know. I, we could probably yeah. do, we could probably do, um, there's probably a, a block explorer for Dogecoin that'll tell you how many wallets, but yeah. Anyway. Awesome. All right, dude. Everybody, thank you so much uh, for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you, Shizzy and Niblets. Thanks for taking part and uh, participating today. Please, if you get a chance, go over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a rate, rating and a review. It really helps us uh, if you enjoy the show. If you don't enjoy the show, call Joe. Um, yeah, if you have any, number again? Hold on. <laughs> if you have any feedback. 305 Brad Nichols. If you have any feedback, thoughts, uh, comments, uh, ideas for guests, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, B05Crypto on Twitter and Telegram, B05Crypto, pound 2143 on Discord. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Joe, have a great afternoon. Hey, you too, buddy. And I will uh, – thanks, everybody, for listening. What to say Thursday? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. See you Friday, heading into the Labor Day weekend. But, you know, to me, it's like – Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. We have a long weekend. All right. Yeah. So, you know, our call is scheduled on Labor Day, right? The Monday one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't care about it. I just want to make sure you guys are aware of that. Um, yeah, I'm good with it. No, look, this should be, to me, there's not a lot of big moves to be made. I would just, like, do a few looks around today, tomorrow, and forget about this shit over the weekend. Have some fun. Sounds um, good, bud. So, you, I'll talk to you later, and I'll see you tomorrow. And, everyone, you have a great day, and I'll see everyone tomorrow. We're talking. Take to care, later. everybody. Bye-bye.